welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. On today's show, we'll be breaking down Paraguayan youngster Rodney Redis, the first signing in the history of MLS's Austin FC. We'll talk about his strengths, talk about some things that we think he can improve on, and kind of break down the move for him as a player and also maybe for Austin as a club. Tom, good to be on the show with you as always. You come to today's episode a bit dejected. Perhaps by the time that this has gone out, Aston Villa may be in the championship or they may still be in the Premier League. That's a scary thought to think about. Yeah, don't don't remind me of the the grim peril that we're currently in at the time of recording. It's uh, it's probably more likely to be the former of the two, but hey, it means we'll get to hang out with uh, with you boys hopefully next season. Well, Stoke aren't exactly. We're probably good in the championship as of the time of recording, but two bad performances, and maybe we won't be in the same league next year after all. Uh, talking about Rodney Redis, Tom, uh, the Paraguayan Mbappe, buy or sell? <laughs> Um, yeah, I was I was going to come on to that. I think um, our, our good friend Simon Edwards, uh, his his description that might be one of the worst comparisons that he's ever done, and uh, you know is a is quite a packed field <laughs> there. But um, yeah, I don't think we should be getting quite that excited uh, about um, about Redes' potential. But he, you know, he is he is an exciting player to watch. Something that I think the Austin FC fans are, are going to certainly reasons for them to be positive and um and excited about seeing him arrive for them so yeah while we shouldn't drum up too much hype about uh this player um there's certainly a player that's worth watching some of the quick facts on him he's a 20 year old paraguayan attacking player this year in 2020 here is his third professional season for guarani and paraguay he's been with guarani for all of those three years. So he played two full seasons, and now this year, his third full season. Uh, The Libertadores was where he kind of made the biggest waves this year, scored three goals in the opening stages. Although, Tom, I I will point out that one of those was against San Jose de Oro, a Bolivian altitude (laughs) team at not altitude. So I don't know if we're counting that as a full goal. But he did score, score twice against Palestino in the third phase of the Libertadores qualifying rounds and was a member of the Guarani team that knocked out Corinthians again in the Libertadores in a two-legged tie. Uh, he plays primarily on the right, likes to cut in on the left. He, he's got a good good left foot, I think it's fair to say. That seems to be where most of his goals have come from. Uh, I wrote in my notes, delightful left foot. So I guess he does have a, maybe a better than good left foot. The two goals against Palestino in the Libertadores, Tom, were well taken, uh, one of them a, a particularly strong strike for, from distance. Um, he's a good player, I think it's fair to say. And this is the type of move that I think makes a lot of sense for him. Is he the next South American wonder kid? I think we're both in agreement that that's probably not the case. But there's a player in there, and there's a player that I think can be useful at, at, at MLS level, could be useful down the road, perhaps in the right situation in Europe, and, and has already shown himself to be useful in South America. For sure. I think stylistically, as you say there, he he is going to be a really good fit for MLS because he's a powerful runner. He's very quick and direct. Um, You know, he's he's kind of this muscular ball of energy that can kind of bundle his way past. You know, you're not looking at a a silky South American dribbler. He's more kind of like the Tasmanian devil, just a a whirlwind um, sort of, yeah, going up and down the flank. And, And as he said, he's 
pretty two-footed in terms of you know normally a, a right-footed player but he, he can definitely hit it with his left there and and that shows some versatility means that he can play on the left if needs be um he can c- cut in from the right um and i think probably an an underrated part of his skill set is is probably his his crossing and, and his set piece deliveries um often for guarani he's he's on the corners and and wide free kicks and and he can kind of deliver those balls into the box with with a nice bit of whip um yeah decent range of passing maybe not again someone who's who's going to be getting 90 percent pass completion rate but that's not really his his style of play and um yeah someone who 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 can who's shown this year at least anyway that he he does have a goal threat as well i mean looking back at his career uh first season i think he only got four in 26 and then three in 40 the next season but for, for as of 2020 he's he's really seemed to have improved his his output in that respect with uh, a couple in the league two and six in the league and three and eight in the libertadores so it feels like austin have moved quickly to to get someone before potentially his profile goes through the roof and and it, it looks like it's only under sort of under three million dollars to to bring him up, up to the mls which i think is a pretty sort of low risk investment i mean what what do you think and and are you officially adopting austin fc as your mls team from now on you know it's got to be done all right so we'll get on to that because i i have a whole diatribe <laughs> about that so i'll i'll check back in that at the end here but one of the things you mentioned tom he has those two goals in the league but most of those league appearances this year have been off the bench i would imagine that guarani rate rotated a lot playing domestically while they were trying to get into the libert stories group stage and so it's good to see as well that, that he can kind of come off the bench and have an impact as well. As you said, the goal output has been stronger this year than it has been in recent years. And it'll be interesting to see what he does kind of with the rest of 2020. And playing in Paraguay, at least Austin know as a club that odds are he's going to get consistent football. Because the Paraguayan League, as we record this kind of mid-July is planning to come back as we speak. Uh, We're recording this on a Thursday. They're going to be back on Friday. So all of that considered, he's got another six months that he can develop playing for Guarani. He's established his spot in the team. He's got four more Libertadores group stage matches at a minimum, perhaps a run in the knockout round of the Libertadores, perhaps a run in the Sudamericana, depending on how involved that shakes out. So he's still got six more months to develop before he even joins the club. And Tom, I think... What makes this so interesting is, unlike anywhere else in the world, in MLS, you have an expansion club. He's the first player, and right now he's the only player that, to play for Austin FC. And so because <laughs> of that, there's no he won't be joining an already established group looking to kind of to break his way in or anything like that. He was bought by this club and this manager for the exact purpose of playing for this club and this manager. And so you know that he's going to be a part of the equation for Austin when things start. And it's a weird situation that you don't see anywhere else. But I think that will make the transition period a lot easier for him because he will be starting from the same spot that everybody else at the club will be starting at. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't, hadn't really considered that. And and I suppose as well, um, for, for this sort of new team that they're putting together, I, I think he's also going to be that effective uh, you know, I presume that when you're getting a whole new group together and, and you're trying to build from uh, from nothing effectively, 
then probably initially you're just going to try and bed into the league. You're probably going to be playing maybe a more counter-attacking style, um, obviously depending on the personnel they bring in. But that's probably likely what's going to be uh, the case as they get to grips with playing together and, and everything. So I think Redders is, is going to be the exactly the type of explosive player that could could be um, a, a really good fit for for a, a new club that's that's just trying to get itself together. And and the fact they've got Claudio Reyna as sporting director, I think you know that's someone with a wealth of knowledge and and is going to be a really good person to to help get Austin FC off the ground. He's he's sort of spoke about how Red is exactly you know the type of player they're looking to um, attract. You know, f- following that MLS trend right now of bringing South American talents at a young age to the league, maybe refining them, adding that sort of tactical element to the raw raw ability they've got there. Um, and he's obviously got big game experience in major competitions which um again we don't know the the makeup of the team just yet but that's going to be you know an important addition to to the squad so i'm i'm very interested to to see how it goes i think as i said before it's a low risk signing for me if if it doesn't work out then you could imagine a, a bigger club back in south america quite happily picking him up for for a similar fee to to what Austin paid for him um and and also I see him more as a guy who who could sort of go on to bigger things in MLS without necessarily being someone who who I think oh yeah they're definitely using this as a stepping stone to get across to Europe it might happen but I see him more as kind of a a top level player on uh, on on that side of the Atlantic and another thing worth kind of mentioning here tom is if it doesn't work out uh paraguayan players have traditionally been fairly successful and sought after in mexico as well so Mm -hmm. the odds of not of kind of having this 2.75 million or whatever the fee was be wasted it's not going to happen like you say some he's he's shown enough in what he's done for guarani that there will be somebody whether that's a kind of mid-tier mexican club whether that's a south american team that if this goes south somebody will, will kind of pick pick him up and say, all right, we'll give this a go. So it's low risk. The odds of Austin just straight up losing their investment, not high. And there's a possibility that he breaks out on the scene and becomes a sought-after player in, you know, for either a really big club in maybe Mexico or for something across the pond in Europe. Uh, and one thing you mentioned, Tom, that I didn't think about is, obviously, expansion team, you probably expect them to, to dig in and play counterattacking football. That is the DNA of what Guarani do. Uh, that's what they did against Corinthians to get through to the group <laughs> exactly. stage this year. Um, Fernando Fernandez, their striker, is a perfect counterattacking striker. So this is a player who's coming in with a lot of experience of how to punch above his weight and play in a side that's primary goal is to not give up anything and then take what they can going the other way. Guarani doesn't see a lot of the ball when they play in the Libertadores, or even when they play a lot in Paraguay, particularly when they go up against Sao Patenio or Olympia or Libertad. So this is a player who has experience playing the type of system that we would expect this side to play in their first couple of years. Yeah, I think that's why there's always good for you in, in Paraguayan players, for certainly for, for clubs that are looking for someone who's going to work hard and and, and never give up and, and just be you know harrying constantly and, and pressing from the front so I, th- I think that makes it a, a very good market for teams that are just joining MLS and just maybe a market for for clubs who, who want to get 
good value for money. And I, and I think that's what Redis will do. I think the one area where I'm may, maybe not worried about, but I'm intrigued to, to see if it's um, an issue is, is his stamina. I mean, looking back at his, his performances, um, we've seen a lot of the time he has been subbed off um, before the end of the match. I, I think it's pretty similar to when we discussed Ivan Franco, another Paraguayan youngster. So maybe there's some question marks there. Maybe it's just the fact that he's he's 20 and and, the, uh, and he just has time to develop. Or maybe it's even just a fact that shows just how hard he works for the team, that he runs himself into the ground. But that that's one thing that... Um, I'd be interested to see, um, you know, as you mentioned as well, this season he's been used more as a as a sort of impact sub, sub in the league. Um, that might be due to the Libertadores preferences where he's started all, all eight of their games. But yeah, certainly the, the stamina issue is maybe the one uh, slight red flag that I'd, I'd have about him at this stage. But it's also probably a good sign that he hasn't started, you know, 21 matches so far in 2020 playing in, you know, three months time that Guarani are fairly considerate maybe of him developing as a player. And they're certainly not going to run him into the ground. I think that's a, a positive. But yeah, as you said, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. So as for where my MLS allegiances lie, uh, until my city of Raleigh gets an MLS team, which we've been trying to do for years now, only to watch the bigger city in our state, Charlotte, sneak in front of us for a team thanks to some big pocketbook check investor peoples that I'm very frustrated about. <laughs> um, my allegiances, I don't really have MLS allegiances. I like the Austin FC crest. I think it's cool. The colors are good. But I also can't really shake the fact that I'm destined to be with Montreal mainly because they have Bojan, who is only probably my favorite footballer of all time, Stoke City legend, Bojan. And also Victor Wanyama's in Montreal, I learned the other day. So uh, great squad going on there. <laughs> but Tom, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that this, he's going to a club that is literally my name. Um, so I figured that should you or I ever come into uh, any great wealth of money for whatever reason, I don't know if you play the lottery I play the lottery sometimes when I'm back in the States. So if I ever win the lottery big time, um, I'd like to set up an annual match between Austin FC and FC Tom Tomsk of the Russian second division. <laughs> uh, if you have a better Tom Excellent. club we could use, that'd be great. But that was the best one I could find. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm just honored that you actually Darby. looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so um, well, maybe maybe we'll have to get Charlie Adam um, to uh, sure. across to to Austin to to try and lure you away from Montreal. But sure. yeah, no, I love that idea. Um, I, I I mean, I've always been interested to go to Austin as a city as well. It's it's one that's um, I've heard, always heard good things about. So um, yeah, I, I I like this idea. Um, certainly, we'll be playing in in Austin rather than wherever that is in Russia. <laughs> Tom Tomsk. I think Tomsk is the city, but I'm not 100% sure. So you're telling me... So good they named it twice. You haven't been paying attention to what 33-year-old Maxim Kozinikov has done with his 25 games played and eight goals in the Russian second division for Tom Tomsk, huh? Is that what you're telling me? I'm, yeah, I'm unf unfortunately going to have to yeah, bow to your superior knowledge oh. of, uh, of my club. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that fixed should this scouting spotlight derby ever become a thing. Um, I think we could alternate every year. One year in Austin, one year in, in Russia. Good travel experience for everyone involved. Uh, Tom, I'm going to ask you about his national team future. And while doing that, 
I am going to pull up some more information on Tom Tom's because I'm just curious if it's a city or if it's a name. I really should have looked this up before the podcast. So you talk to me about what you think he can do with the Paraguay national team, and I will report back to you in a few minutes. Sure thing. You go go for it. I'll uh, I'll keep the everything on on course in the meantime. So yeah, in terms of the national team, um, I, he's not really represented any of the youth uh, youth levels just yet. So he's not someone who's in the system as it were. But this move is definitely going to get him on the on the map. And I think he's someone who could contribute to the national team. There's I, he feels to me very much someone who who could fit into that. Kaku Romero Gamara, Tito Vishalva kind of player who's who's proven that they've done well in, in MLS. Um so I think yeah, there's there's always something to be said for a direct wide player, particularly in international football where it's kind of a different game uh, these days to, to club football and, and there's certain skill sets that, that are always gonna cause defenders problems. So I don't necessarily see him as a as a cornerstone in which uh, this sort of transitional Paraguay side that's trying to bring in younger talent is going to be based around. But I think he's, he's someone who could contribute. I think we're a lot's going to depend on, on how this move goes. Uh, there's, there's probably players more talented and, and ahead of him at this stage, but yeah, if he, if he lights things up in MLS, uh, then, then certainly I'm sure he's on on their radar, particularly with the the way he's started 2020. Um, so yeah, again, like with his club career, not someone who I'm 100% convinced is going to be a superstar, but someone who I think is is always going to be in the conversation. Uh, so so what have you found, Austin? Have I given you enough time to? You did. To you did. You filled, you filled time brilliantly <laughs> on the actual subject of the Paraguay national team. I think an interesting point you made there is there's plenty of MLS players who are in the Paraguay national team picture. So, so oftentimes, you know, particularly this, this happens more with the bigger countries, but a player will move somewhere and kind of disappear from the national team radar for whatever reason. That's not going to happen in the States for Um There's plenty of, of interest. Paraguay play a lot of friendlies in the States, be it against the, the United States. They've played Mexico a number of times in various places in the southwest of the U.S. So him moving to MLS is, is probably a good thing for his national team future. Um, Tomsk is the city. It's located on the Tom River in Russia. So that's 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 what I got my, for you. My favorite river. Obviously. <laughs> and clearly, I, I was think so. There's no other Tom football club, is there? I couldn't think of any off the top of my head. Admittedly, I didn't think a ton about it. Um, no, I mean, there's there's certainly none that, that spring to mind um if I, well maybe if our listeners can get in touch if they know sure. any of of any famous tom football clubs and and sort of on that well that that subject of of the, the names then i think it's also quite nice to have a, have another rodney in football you don't get many rodneys in football rod rod wallace is probably one that i, I remember from my youth the ex leeds player and rodney marsh but yeah not enough not enough Rodney's about, and um, just makes me think of Only Fools and Horses. Have you ever seen that program, Austin? No, I have not. I regret to. It's a, an absolute classic uh, British comedy. Um, so hopefully, um, this Rodney's a bit more uh, successful. Although I've, I saw an interview with um, Rodney Redes um, where it he really struggled to do 
quite a simple <laughs> promo for the uh, for the channel. I think they wanted him to say something like um, basically something about the the Copa de Paraguay and, and how it's the Copa de Todos, the, the cup for everyone. And he had about seven attempts at it and uh, and kept uh, kept getting it wrong. So hopefully he's he's uh, a little bit quicker on the pitch than he is um, upstairs in the in the smarts department. <laughs> TV's hard. That, that, uh, I will say that. I also like the last name of Redis, um, particularly because it, it, it can be Nets. You know, uh, it's a good name. Exactly. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, anything else, Tom, before we wrap this up? No, I think that's everything. He's um, obviously right now with, with football, just getting back into gear and, uh, you know, we have to wait and see how things are going to be doing in, in, in South America and Paraguay. Um, but I, I think he's, he's definitely going to be, one to, to watch in the, in the latter stages of, uh, well, the, once Copa Libertadores football is resumed, rather. Um, and, yeah, it might be a case that if he, if he finishes the year strongly, um, then that will help build up the excitement for, for Austin FC and and it could look like a really, really good p- uh, piece of business. So, um, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. And, um, yeah, we'll, I'm sure in, in a few years' time we'll, we'll see... Um, where where he's at that'll do it for this edition of the scouting spotlight podcast be sure to follow the world football index on social media for more all that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye